Greetings, heroes and Force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a podcast in the multiverse of fandom. As always, I'm Dino Nicandros, and I'm joined today by Alyssa Simmons. Hi there, people. And our dear friend Daniel Dawson is on assignment. Yes. Today is a very special day in uncharted waters for Inside the Tauntaun. We are talking the caped crusader, mm. Batman. In the lead-up to the new film, The Batman, opening on Thursday, we're going to give you a crash course into the life and times of one Bruce Wayne and all of the titles, uh, the, the films, the TV shows, the video games, all of it. Uh, we're going to nerd out about uh, our favorite vigilante. And by God, we're Batman fans. Halloween, Batman. Oh my gosh. I have been so excited to talk about Batman for a long time. We have like, we have talked about doing a sort of Batman for dummies, Batman retrospective thing for, I think, since we started, honestly. Well, we could never justify, I mean, in the early days, we could never justify it because we were Star Wars. What a perfect time now. We have done some DC Right, we did. We covered yes. Suicide Squad. We did. Um, and so this is really, I guess, only our second uh, DC hero chat. Yeah, other than like crapping on DC <laughs> over the course of our Marvel discussions, this is. <laughs> Which I think one thing that uh, you know, even even divided Marvel DC fans can agree on is that Batman is awesome, and that we've gotten yeah. just an incredible plethora of Batman goodness in our lifetime so yeah and i think i think batman has always been dc's ace in the hole so as as poorly as elements of the dc eu have have uh transpired Mm -hmm. they they still hold claim to maybe maybe the best film or couple of films in superhero genre so yeah i think so too and i think that it's a really interesting idea. I was talking to my family about this because I'm, um, you know, doing all the research for this episode, and um, I, I'm like a, I, I've read a chunk of Batman comics, so I, I don't consider myself like a complete novice about Batman yeah. and like the origin of Batman as far as the comics go, but um, it's really incredible, and I'll I'll give you like the full list, but like 
since Batman came out, uh, originally was, you know, unveiled for the very first time, and he was on a, a number 27 of Detective Comics um, in, in May of 1939 was his first appearance. God. And then, uh, you know, got his own, co- you know, full full length yeah, yeah. Batman series beginning in uh, ni- early 1940. Um, it's... It's wild to me that a character that was conceived so long ago is still something that feels relevant and feels like, I don't know, it's a very interesting like psychological thing because I, even as a kid, I was like, I know that there are parts of Batman that are bad. I mean, he kills people, like he kills people. And that idea of a vigilante, too, I think, as a kid, you're kind of like, what, what? But, um, yeah, there's something really fascinating to me about the idea that this character and almost all of his, almost all of the most popular Batman villains and sidekicks and other characters were introduced in the first year of the comic. It's nuts. That is nuts. Like, um... 1941, all of them appear. Like, Joker, Penguin, Poison Ivy, Catwoman, like... Literally, almost every big Batman character was introduced in the first year of the comics, which is wild. Well, and he does, uh, like with a few other heroes, he kind of shares a kinship with Captain America in their uh, in their origins because they the first Batman film mm-hmm. um, in 1940 uh, it was uh, based around World War II propaganda and. Batman was tasked with taking down a Japanese mad scientist in Gotham City. And is that the one that was in um like they released it periodically in theaters? It was the, like the, it yeah, was the, kind the, of it like was episodic a, in a sense. A serial series. Okay. Um fifteen episodes, and, and I think I saw. Actually it it wasn't uh it was it was uh nineteen forty three and wow. um Yeah, fifteen uh, chapter story released periodically in theaters. And an actor named uh, Lewis Wilson played Batman, yes. and and it was it it would be problematic by today's standards, but sure. his 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 uh, his nemesis was uh, Japan, mm. and and uh, that mirrors Captain America for obvious sure. reasons. That sure. Captain America was a piece of of wartime propaganda, and um, and it's interesting to see where we are now mm. leading up. We're two days away from Matt Reeves's new film, and uh, and the uh, suspected tone of that movie compared to what to to nineteen forty three Batman is truly <laughs> staggering. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. And that's like a that's a pretty common thing, especially with these um, characters that were introduced in the forties. Yep. You know, y- usually in the, you know, in their different ages as far as like, you know, Marvel sort of categorizes their time chunks and comics. But sort of starting in the uh, the Silver Age of DC, we got to see uh, the Batman who I think is closest to what we see Batman is now. Um, mm. <clears throat> and And, you know, since there has been so so many Batman television shows and movies, we've seen lots of different Batmans and lots of different um, interpretations of, yep. you know, uh, you know, the, uh, the Tim Burton version, which feels very 
comic booky in a lot yes. of ways, but still dark. Quite. And, and then of course we've got the Dark Knight, which just went full full blown scary times. Well, yeah, the full blown scary time. Like this is the world we live in, mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, it's not not a stretch to imagine right. this. And I think that that, and we've we've chatted about this a little bit. I think we might have talked about it uh, in our Hawkeye breakdowns, but uh, I. I th- I think that for me, Batman is my favorite non-super ability hero. Yep. Um, because I think that there's there's really interesting psychological things that are explored in the Batman stories that um, in, a, in a lot of other DC comics are not. Like it's just, it's, it's very dark in a very real way way well and that kind of leads me into a question for you uh so given the longevity of batman Mm -hmm. having survived all this time why do you think we still we've had so many uh reboots just in the last just in our adult life sure in the last 15 years sure 2005 was batman begins Mm -hmm. to to now we've now had three different uh kind of big reboots. Yeah. Why, why do you think we accept that? And why do we keep coming back to Batman? That is a great question. I think that the idea of someone kind of, you know, taking care of the bad guys and doing, you know, vigilante work is is a fascinating... And DC... I think DC more than Marvel ha- has like the most vigilante type characters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a combination of this handsome brooding character with lots of money and lots of cool gadgets and cars. And, you know, it's like, he's like the James Bond of, of yeah. comic book characters. Like, I don't I don't really know exactly, but I can say for me the thing that the things that like keep me always going back to like, oh yeah, I'll I'll watch another Batman thing or I'll read another Batman um um run of comics is is the sort of psychological warfare that he has to go through on a yeah. you know, personal level. I find that fascinating. And uh simple answer simple short answer i think that all of the villains in batman are the coolest most interesting villains that are written for any comic book any like that is and that is a bold statement but i truly the batman villains are i want to say especially for something that came out in the 40s to have them be so multi-dimensional not just I'm a bad guy or girl doing bad stuff for the sake of it. All of their and getting to know all of those origin stories, I just think it's a, that's what keeps me going back to Batman. Yeah. Psychological, the villains are interesting and multidimensional. And also Batman music. That's, that's the big, I mean, the Batman. Music. I mean, when you said that, the Danny Elfman theme just kind of starts. Yeah, yeah. 
It's so and so good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, same on, same on question, the, same answer for you. It was question for you. What do you what what you, what keeps you, or what keeps people going back to Batman? Well, I'm going to start right where you left off with like the music. The fact that uh, the character has been rebooted so many times recently, and that the music has to keep up with him, and mm-hmm. it somehow has to be different while still being Batman, and. Uh, which is really Hans Zimmer himself. That's a really challenging I mean, feat, you know? Hans Zimmer himself had to reinvent Batman for Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. And then he had to do it again mm-hmm. for uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So so not four years later, he had to, five years later, he had to write a, a different Batman theme. And it has to have that, I mean, everybody knows what it is, that uh, that operatic menacing menacing but with with tinges of heroism yes heavy heavy hero that's like what i think of like yeah and i think that um something too is as as we're chatting about this like you know in the comics like batman retires and then goes back into being batman so many Mm -hmm. times and i think that that's that's um something that's very relatable as well yeah it's just as a human being being like yeah totally totally it is yeah um that's actually a great point i hadn't thought about it because we always laugh about uh you know with with superheroes in general when they they reach that moment if i'm not doing this anymore and it's like okay you'll be back i mean you you are but (laughs) but but that that really that really is human nature sure Um, but the, oh yeah, gosh, the music. I was, I'm thinking of Danny Elfman and uh, the Dark Knight, obviously. And then we haven't even. I haven't listened through uh, Michael Giacchino's full score yet oh, for it. But, but I uh, listened to it um, a couple days ago. Um, you're spoiling your dinner, Alyssa. I am. I couldn't help it. I had a long run, and I really wanted to be running to that music. And yes. Wow. And speaking of speaking of someone who really understands how to maintain the flavor of something mm-hmm. with making it new and interesting and unique, Michael Giacchino for president of that yes. organization. Yes. Because that man gosh, first of all, he's just a good writer. First of yes. all, first and foremost, he's a good writer. He Second. writes good theme, like yes, uh, themes yes, that exactly. themes that you can remember. Uh, I, I think maybe that's the one knock on Marvel outside of yeah, we've Elvin chatted Silvestri. about this a little bit. Yeah. It's, it, there's not any super recognizable. But the Giochino, what like Al, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Silvestri, duh, like all the Avengers sure, stuff, sure, yes, sure. and Captain America, he did all of that. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Giochino, I would probably say Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's probably the most recognizable. I don't know. Spider-Man, maybe. Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he totally. just, he he understands how to do that so well, which if, you know, coming down the line, he is kind of the new Star Wars guy, mm-hmm. which we've talked about that potentially being the way it's going because he his Rogue One score was it's, it's just so freaking good. amazing. Freaking amazing. Um, well, should we, should we, um, head into our little Batman class and learn some, learn some basic Batman, Batman stuff? Let's talk Batman. All right. Let's freaking do it. All right. So we said, um, the character originally, um, appeared in Detective Comics number 27. He was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. 
And uh, he was so popular in that that storyline that his own series began began publication in 1940. And basically, since 1940, at least two Batman comics a month have come out. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Um, also, good to uh, note that in his his very own series, uh, Robin appeared for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it was Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Um, originally launched with a quarterly publication, and then it became bi-monthly through the late 50s, and has uh, since... September of 2011, uh, the new 52, which is the um, new-ish run of, of DC Comics, um, rebooted the continuity. In this in this new timeline, the original Batman series ended and was relaunched with a new first issue. So um, that that's something that's pretty common in comic books and is sort of a way for them to, whatever you want to call it, retcon, get rid of certain stories or backstories that they're like we don't find that useful or relevant anymore since it began in 1940 so there were going to be some things that were shifted there yes. obviously um in 2016 dc became uh, began its second relaunch of its entire new line of uh titles called dc rebirth and um and continue the continuity from the new 52 uh boop 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 um so here's some of the first appearances that I was telling you about in these characters mm-hmm. that um you know not not only were big characters in Batman stories but then became big characters for DC in general um the Joker appeared in the very first issue of Batman wow. in the spring of 1940 uh same as Catwoman uh Alfred Pennyworth uh Batman's Butler and Pal appeared for the first time uh, in number 16 in May of 1943. Deadshot, who we know recently from Suicide mm-hmm. Squad, uh, appeared for the first time in 1950. Mr. Freeze in 1959. Batgirl. Or I can't ba- believe he was that early, too. I know. Feel, isn't that he feels wild? Like if anybody's watched the... the uh, I'll, I'll get to Mr. Freeze. Like, I, I need, <laughs> yeah, a, I need, yeah, a, I need five about. minutes on Mr. Yeah, Freeze. Yeah, we need, we need time for him. Um, Batgirl, Betty Kane, uh, appeared in 1961, Poison Ivy in 1966, Raja Ghoul, who is the, um, leader of the, uh, League of Assassins, appeared in 1971. He became a big character standalone, but also within, uh, the Green Arrows storylines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, probably one of the most current, uh, famous current characters who originated in Batman is Harley Quinn, who appeared mm-hmm. in 1993. Um, there are, I mean, you could honestly pick up any Batman run and have yourself a good time as far as comics go. Um, but these are some that, um, I, I have really liked and, uh, uh, several of these have been major influences on the films that we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. so... Uh, Flashpoint Batman is actually a, a storyline within the Flash's journey, but um, 
if you are interested in The Flash or care about him at all, and you also like Batman, I would recommend reading this before seeing the new Flash film, because I think that might be where we're going. Interesting. Uh, yeah, essentially, uh, Barry runs back in time to fix an event, and he breaks the whole timeline and creates this alternate world called Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're the people that he knows normally in his life don't know him. And there are lots of different, uh, I don't want to say variants, but different um, people in the, in the roles that he doesn't know them in. Mm. So uh, Michael Keaton, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Batman the Cult, which is a huge influence on the Dark Knight, uh, the Christopher Nolan series. Um, it's it's basically, I, I would say this is um, Batman at his most psychologically vulnerable. Um, he's, he's kidnapped by uh, Deacon Blackfire and cultists, and he's submitted to all this torture and brainwashing, and it's freaking dark and freaking awesome. Um, Dark Knight Returns is another really famous run that I've read, uh, written by Frank Miller and, um, illustrated by Miller and Klaus Janssen. And it tells this, um, alternative story of Bruce Wayne, who's 55 and returns from retirement to help Gotham City yet again. And we've got, um, returns of really classic villains like Two-Face and the Joker and uh, this is the uh, that's the one where he kicks Superman's butt. So mm-hmm. that's a fun time. And and I I distinctly remember uh, the Comic Con when they announced Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. and how nuts everybody went uh, because of uh, the, the the presentation at uh, at that panel and and a couple of lines were quoted. Mm. Uh, Nobody knew this movie was happening, and and they they quoted what Batman says to Superman as he's holding his broken body. And oh, I remember how nuts gosh. everybody went, and then the disappointment that oh the disappointment. But, oh jeez. Anyway, uh, so that's a very very abridged version of comic history, but cool to know some of those things yes. about uh, you know. Batman and the other characters as as we're going into this. Well, and 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 since we're on the subject of of comics, and we're talking about how this all uh, leads into our, our new Batman film, mm-hmm. um, the talk is that uh, the Matt Reeves is the Batman is uh, based heavily on Batman Year Two, uh, which is a sequel. And you mentioned uh, uh, Frank Miller's. Um, Dark well, Returns. Frank Miller in general, and mm-hmm. then his his year one comic is one of the most famous and revolutionary Batman comics. But uh, uh, the idea of uh, of this new one being year two of Batman is established, but he's still very early on in his uh, tenure, and it might make him a bit more volatile and mm-hmm. uh, vulnerable to psychological attack and. Uh, and and year two uh, really plays that up. Uh, he's hunting the Riddler. I mean, he's hunting it. Yeah. And it's it's very uh, 
uh, I saw someone describe it as a Zodiac killer, R- Riddler mm. as the Zodiac killer. That that totally kinda, checks out, yeah. Which is uh, spooky. Um, and then I, I remember Matt Reeves saying uh, he uh, he was inspired by, uh, he went back to the beginning. He, he mm. went, uh, they're going to really play up uh, some of Batman's detective qualities, which... Uh, Love that which we are so used to in this day and age of Batman, him being a bruiser. And particularly, I do have to say, Ben Affleck's uh, Batman so far has been uh, the most physically uh, imposing and ruthless and um, that we've almost kind of gotten away from, you know, Batman master detective, uh, you got that a little bit with Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and Val Kilmer. Um, Val Kilmer probably more than the others. Uh, so that so that'll be interesting to see to see him solve mysteries. Yeah, for Scooby-Doo sure. Scooby Doo this shit. Yes, I. Speaking of being a detective, I um, and it's not really that much of a stretch, but as I said, I listened to the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the no, you, you pieced the movie together, didn't you? I you didn't. Sick. No, no, okay. I didn't piece it too much. But there is a b- really famous comic run, and I think I believe that they've done an animated series of uh, Batman Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. And the very first track on the soundtrack is called Can't Fight City Halloween. Great. So, uh, yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to pull from... Yes. Just as Nolan did, he pulled from, you know, four or five really famous comic runs yes. to make this meaty trilogy. Um, I think we're going to get lots of things from, from lots of different comic runs, but totally. that, that had me excited. Like, if we're starting this, if we're starting this story on Halloween, like, I, I don't know. There's something really thrilling about that. Yeah, no, it, and... It does play up to the whole. The more I think about it now, just from what we pieced together from the trailers, the the Riddler as a a Zodiac killer or a jigsaw. Yeah, and kind if of... like you know, like the very first like you know kill and riddle from the Riddler comes out like Halloween night, and then that that is sort of like the launching off point for this. Ooh, scary. Yeah. Or a series of murders throughout the city that he. You know, and they haven't even started really piecing together that it's the same. I don't know. It's I'm I'm really excited about this new yeah. movie. I know not everyone is, but that's always the way it is with anything like this, especially with character that's been around for so long. You're not ever going to please everyone. But no, and and uh, I, I talked about the music, you know, being something that constantly refreshes my my appreciation for Batman, but more broadly, I think it's the fact that we we do get so many different versions of him that play up a, a specific trait of his. Yeah. Do you um, have a favorite um, Batman? I, I don't think I've ever answered the question out loud, honestly, because I, I my favorite movie, and it's cliche at this point to say, is Dark Knight. Well, that's uh, be, not but, cliche. It's so good. But I, I honestly think that's one of the best movies I've ever seen, period. Like yeah. It, it, yeah. 
it does what a lot of movies in that genre haven't done for me, which is really make the list of that is that is first rate mm-hmm. uh, filmmaking. Period. Um, yeah, take take the fact that you're dealing with like comic book characters and that type of story completely out of it. Just as a movie, it's such a good movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, in terms of Batman, um, I, I mean, I, I, I really, really liked Christian Bale, uh, mm-hmm. probably more than he liked his own performance. And he talks about <laughs> how ill-equipped he felt when he was oh, next sure. to to uh, Heath Ledger. Oh, my God. Oh, oh stroke. yeah. Heath Ledger. I'm like, I'm like, are you talking about no, another I'm, Batman? I had a Heath Ledger. Uh, okay. No, next to Heath Ledger, he said, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm really not doing a great job. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I mean come on now. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that goes to show you just how brilliantly the villains of Batman are written. Yes. If the title character is feeling overwhelmed or not like they're at the same level as the villain, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure all of them have felt that way. But that's why it worked. Like yeah. someone needs to tell Christian Bale is like, whatever feelings you were having, those translated on screen and it was real fun to watch. <laughs> You felt real ill-equipped yeah. to deal with what you were. Which he should. I mean, he, yes, uh, they, precisely. He, he torments him. Yes. He torments him. So yes. it's, that's exactly right. <laughs> so I do have a ton of respect for, for Christian Bales. Um, we we talked very briefly a couple of days ago that I, I really liked Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I'm making a distinction between Batman and Batman Bruce, Bruce. And sure. I thought he's very well-equipped to be Bruce. Um, and I'm glad we'll get to see him do it, you know, one more time in yeah. the Flash. Uh, next to maybe my maybe my favorite Batman, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I think I think it is Michael Keaton, and it, I don't think it used to be, but the more I've seen Michael Keaton do other things, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it uh, increased my appreciation for for his Batman, and I am so 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 excited to see him get to don the cowl again I... and 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 be be batman where michael keaton is in life yeah yeah which is just super exciting and we talked about this you know when we were talking doing our like boba fett chats but how how amazing is it that we're getting we're getting these kind of stories right like it's it, you know, the fact that, like, the, a Tamara Morrison and a Michael Keaton are getting to still be, not still, just be these characters at the age that they are. Because, right. generally speaking, we don't we don't see that in films. We see it in the comic books all the freaking time. You know, you see the oh, yeah. heroes, yeah. if they are able to age, <laughs> it, we see them age. And we see them come to grips with what that looks like and how that how that works with their families and yeah it's just it's very exciting i never ever thought we'd get to see michael keaton back no and uh and and really i it goes back to a point we've made uh in previous episodes about the how the the needlessness of of comparing Marvel and DC, when in reality, uh, they are kind of encouraging one another to 
give us these stories. Like, yeah. oh, you're doing multiverse? Well, that gives us license to do Flashpoint. And mm-hmm. the, the idea of two Batman in the same movie isn't uh, outlandish anymore. And, no. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think Michael Keaton is, is probably... He's your fave. He's probably out there, but I think Christian Bale is very close. And honestly... Uh, I already feel guilty about my initial reaction to Robert Pattinson being cast. You felt weird about it? Yeah. I was, and this was, I mean, this was almost three years ago now, mm-hmm. I think. But uh, I have not seen the movie. I, I haven't really seen that many clips from it. Um, I, I already regret my, my, my negative initial response. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him in this part. I, I'm yeah. going in I'm going into it like excited and hopeful. Um not I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he will measure next to those other guys, but like you said, it's it's it doesn't really make any sense to do that comparing thing. Because they're they're just gonna be different. They're different right. guys. They're very different storylines. Like you know, even even it feels like weird to me to like compare like Michael Keaton and Christian Bale, because they're just oh yeah, in completely different films in completely different styles. Um, yes. And yes, it still is Batman, but like we know from the comic world, you know, yes, we've had Bruce Wayne, we've had this same guy, but he's taken on many different flavors and many different versions of this same character. So it's yeah. um Well, and and just just going off of what we know of Robert Pattinson as an actor, I'm I am expecting not to put an expectation, but I I am expecting maybe the most uh, emotionally complex Batman. Yeah. I can, I can see just that. based on his work and what he gravitates towards. Mm-hmm. And I pulled up an interview he did back in January on the question of, uh, of Batman killing or mm-hmm. his rule, his his rule in modern times not to kill, mm-hmm. and uh, and how problematic that is for him. But uh, he had an interesting quote about it. He said. Uh, there's this rule with Batman, he must not kill. It can be interpreted in two ways. Either he only wants to inflict the appropriate punishment, or he wants to kill, and his self-control prevents mm. him from doing so. Mm. It goes on to say that uh, you know, Pattinson takes note of, of what Bruce is thinking when he chases criminals, and he says mm. it is impossible to think that he does not take pleasure in it. Yeah. And I imagined it, he goes on to say, I imagined it... Uh, from the uh, the rehearsal of the first fight, I thought it was funnier. Something in him just wanted to slit that guy's throat. Mm. I told myself that he spends his night chasing criminals. It is impossible that he doesn't take pleasure in it. He suffers, and it is a desire that overwhelms him. I- I'm sure in his first fight, he manages to convince himself that every guy in front of him is one of the ones who killed his mother. Mm. Yeah. He lives a criminal life, but without committing crimes. Like it, I think that's the most beautifully... That's exactly that's stated. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and just what you described about him sort that that like teeter-tottering thing of like oh, well maybe maybe I want to kill this person because I like to kill or mm-hmm. 
no, 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 I'm doing it because they're a bad person. And do both of those things exist at the same time? Can they exist at the same time? What does that mean about him? Like, it's just, it's it's such a fascinating character in that way. I, I just, I, I can't get over how, I keep I keep coming back to this because um, I've been reading a lot of Green Arrow and, and watching the Arrow series. And he's got this one villain who is so, like, in his head and five steps ahead of him at every mm-hmm. turn. And ultimately what he wants is the the green arrow to admit that he likes to kill and he wants yeah. to watch him decline upon that realization and have that be the thing that completely yeah. like ruins him. It's so dark. Well, and, and that's what made the Nolan movies so so great is is all, all the Joker wanted was mm-hmm. Batman to be like him, to kill somebody. And Bruce nearly does it several times. I mean, he doesn't even kill Bane. He, I yeah, mean, he... Yeah, uh, yeah. He had the opportunity, and it's, it's one of... Oh, it's one of the greatest um, full circle lines, I think, is from Dark Knight Rises, where early in the movie... After Bane has shattered his back, he tells him, after Gotham is ashes, you have my permission to die. And then flash forward to the end of that movie when Batman kicks his ass and says, you tell me where the bomb is, and then you have my permission to die. But I think it's so interesting that he uh, he's not going to be the one that does it, even after everything these people put him through. Yeah. And, um, and of course, Batman has killed in in canon, I just think we're in a very interesting age of him facing even more dangerous people uh, yeah. and having to well, fight the urge to kill them. That's way more of an interesting take on someone, and it and it humanizes him in a very you know yeah. different way. Yeah, like yeah, and and a lot of these vigilante characters in in comics go through that where they decide like. I'm not killing. I'm not going to kill. But then they're up against these truly evil people or, you know, creatures who are killing everyone that they can. And how do you, how do you justify that? It's like, well, I've decided that I'm not going to kill. I've decided that I'm, I'm more than that. But I know that if I kill this person, that what's going on will end. Right. And that and that's just a, such an interesting psychological idea, and all from yeah, a, and all from a comic book, <laughs> and all from a comic book. I, I mean, folks, if you haven't picked up comic books, they they really they they really are. If you look past the idea of of what you think they are, they are very instructive uh, about uh, the world we live in, and they are a direct reflection of it. Yeah. Just with with souped up characters mm-hmm. and scenarios, but Yeah, absolutely. And they're and um, they're in these fantastical situations, but at the at the heart and the guts of what they're doing, it's all very basic human struggle and Yes. Yeah. So Mo- modern mythology. We we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about the concept of just yeah. the, uh, mo- modern mythology. This is the pantheon of mm-hmm. heroes. Um but speaking of the canon, we can we can jump down the rabbit hole of the 
the films, which I suspect is how a lot of people know Batman uh, the most. At least people in my life know know Batman is through the movies. And uh, as I said at the beginning, the first first film was, yeah, in fact, a a serial of 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 films in 1943, and it was followed up by a Batman Robin. 15-episode series in 1949 where uh, Robert Lowry played uh, Batman. Uh, And then most famously for perhaps our parents' generation, uh, you had the Batman television series with Adam West, uh, which then spawned uh, uh, the feature-length movie, which I I hadn't seen most of the television series, but I had seen this movie, Batman the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, 1966, uh, which brought back most of uh, the TV cast, which is uh, just all of the uh, the who's who of villains. Um, you had uh, Cesar Romero was the Joker. Uh-huh. Uh, Burgess Meredith was the Penguin. Frank Gorshin was the Riddler. Uh, uh, Lee Merriweather, she wasn't Catwoman in the series, but uh, uh, they she she stepped into the to the film and uh, just. <laughs> Just an amazing piece of cinema that uh, that movie. <laughs> and of course, we got you know that that nineteen sixties surf rock Batman with the back, the background singers absolutely kill me. The Just Batman. Batman. It's like I'm like, did you guys hire like thirteen year old girls to do this session? Like it's so. <laughs> funny to me but hey it was a massive hit and it was that groovy 60s my, my parents surf rock yeah my my dad loved that show yeah so. oh yeah uh and and that series really introduced a lot of batman i mean the almost the whole pantheon of batman villains into right. into live action uh we then get into kind of the beginning of our generation and uh what what we remember growing up with truly as kids mm-hmm. and uh that starts with batman in 1989 by tim burton directed by tim burton with michael keaton as batman and jack nicholson as the joker yeah i recently uh re-watched that and i could not get over um how beautiful all the scenic painting mm-hmm. on that was and how how brilliant of an idea to do something like that to have it be grounded in live action reality, but then the background of everything still feels like a comic book. That is right. so freaking genius. Like Gotham looks like it's pulled right out of a comic book, but you're seeing, you know, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton beating the crap out of each other and all of this stuff underneath it. It just is, it, uh, it's so good. It's so good. Well, and, and this was. I mean, granted, Tim Burton's prime lasted much longer than than his tenure in Batman, but this right. was kind of right in the middle of, of yeah. It's Tim Burton time, so Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, and Scissorhands uh, was year Edward before, Scissorhands, right? and yeah. but just that he he has an unmistakable uh, imagery that he he likes to convey and, and sort and of the a way... whimsical darkness. Yes, you know, that... whimsical. That's a perfect way to put it. Whimsical darkness. Because um, it's always it's always like dark, but not in like a scary, scary dark. Yeah, there, there's still like a yeah, 
whimsy to it, I suppose. And and Jack Nicholson's take on the the Joker is still legendary. Uh, really, it's just Jack Nicholson with clown makeup on, sure. and and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, I will never forget, and unfortunately, this is a sad, obviously, it's a very sad part of Batman history, but with the loss of Heath Ledger um, and how he he took him, he, he did an interview where he said that he, before they started filming, he he took him to drinks or took him to lunch or something and just said, as someone, and you know, Jack Nicholson has played a lot of dark characters in yes. his life. And... um just sort of pleaded with him to be to be very very careful with this character Mm -hmm. that it was you know easy to be like oh it's a it's a comic book character and it's it'll be fine but to be very to be very careful and that just is so it's so heartbreaking to go back and watch watch them and to have the knowledge that he he really did try to to warn him about about it D- yeah i mean I, i'm not sure much else can be said about it it's yeah. uh yeah you you, ha- you have to you have to have an escape route out of mm-hmm. a character like that yep. you can't take him home with you no no i had a college professor who would always say uh put away your toys yes the, the second the second that you can and that you're no longer working Put away your toys because it will yes. begin to bleed and seep into your real life, which it's not. It's not your real life. No, no, and and look, like not to get too much into actor speak, but uh, for those of you listening who kind of want to understand, there's every actor has a whether it's the, depending on the character or or just their overall process in general has a different way of bringing characters to life and technique a process, a method, if you will. And I've I've personally always subscribed to the idea that it's real dangerous to use real memories all the time. Yeah. Or even most of the time. Because it's just, that's, again, you, you, you put it perfectly, Alyssa. It's not, the character you're playing is not reality. So don't. Don't let it become that. You don't need to, you don't need to rummage in your own crap. Yeah. To to empathize but anyway for sure um um but but a revolutionary performance from him uh yeah and then uh tim burton would do uh, a second film batman returns with michael keaton uh, this was danny devito as the penguin and michelle pfeiffer's Catwoman. have you seen the behind the scenes uh footage of her doing the whip yes unbelievable that is incredible if you don't know what i'm talking about right now go and unbelievable just, just, or, or we'll put in our instagram stories or something but um, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer just like freaking learned how to be an incredible whip master <laughs> for, I, I mean, it's, unbelievable. It's so great. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a behind the scenes video of her doing probably the most famous sequence uh, in that film in one take. Yes. So it's amazing. We'll, we'll put it in on our Instagram stories. Um, yeah, it's so, so cool. Um, so Tim Burton would uh, uh, would part ways, and uh, a few years later we had uh, Batman Forever, which has to be noted it is a continuation of of 
Batman and Batman that. Returns. It is, yes. Uh, even though they do look a and bit feel different. Ve- feel very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joel Schumacher, rest in peace, uh, he passed away in 2020. Um, he took over for and did Batman Forever, and that was Jim Carrey as the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Look, okay, confession. Do it. I really like this movie. It's a fun movie. There's no, I there's really no... like both of them, even though yeah. the Riddler feels like Joker and Indeed. Two-Face is not Two-Face <laughs> so much. But... <laughs> but... It, it's it, if you're gonna have it just be on its own like don't just like we've said like don't compare it to other stuff it's a fun it's a fun movie it's fun it it is and and even though i i'm not sure the interpretations really stack up i do really enjoy tommy lee jones and jim carrey as sure. actors in general they're very interesting and kind of unthinkable duo mm-hmm. so uh uh I, I I enjoyed that. I will I will admit it. And I think that's honestly I think that is the first Batman movie I saw. I saw that before because that's right when I was what, what six five yeah, five were, years old. So yeah, you were young. Four well yeah four or five. So even that's pretty young. But definitely my first intro to Batman was the animated series. Yeah, that ran from ninety two to ninety five. Um. And then it got that didn't get it a uh And then it restarted again. Right. Ninety seven, I wanna say. Let me look it up here. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, started uh, started back up again in ninety seven. And thank goodness it did because uh Yeah, they, no, you you're absolutely right. That that was the majority of Batman for us growing up. And in college, uh my roommate uh, Ben, who I've spoken of on this podcast before, he and I bought the the entire box series oh, of DVDs, amazing. and amazing. we went through it again. At, and at college level, we were like, "How were how number one? This? How were we allowed to watch this?" <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, the new Batman and, Adventures were ninety seven through ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and it and it picked up right where the yeah animated series left off. The the Batman animated. Series. So the, so that was uh, it. It held. It held yeah, up it's, really it's well. It's a lot darker. If you watch them in sequence, too, the 93 to 95 mm-hmm. and then 97 to 99 is like significantly darker. Yeah. Um, which I think is very telling because I think that there was a, we went from like the the bronze age into the new 52 during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So there was a big shift in the comics um, storytellings as well. So they were like, okay, we got to shift tonally for all the other entities and what was so great um and we played uh, a variety of the batman themes at the beginning of this episode but uh that danny elfman lent his mm-hmm. talents uh, and it is it is virtually the same it's the same theme but just extended uh, yeah mm-hmm. outward uh a little actually a little probably a little more heroic than even the one in the yes uh, the movie but uh so he he did the theme for it, and then a, a composer named Shirley Walker would take over, and she did she she's she's done a shit ton of TV, uh, and she sadly passed away in uh, the early two thousands, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if if you can, Apple Music has the entire animated series canon, and most of it is Shirley Walker, and she won Emmys for it. Like it's it's unbelievable music. Um, so that was happening all during this time bat- between Batman Returns and Batman mm-hmm. Forever. And then 
uh, Joel Schumacher's second go around, uh-huh. Batman and Robin. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Alyssa? <laughs> What, what's so funny about funny. what I said? It's a hilarious. Uh, thing. George Clooney plays the the Dark Knight. In case you forgot, uh, which we and Chris all O'Donnell tried plays. To, we all tried plays to Robin and Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Mr. Freeze <laughs> and Uma Thurman plays Poison Ivy. Uh, okay, another thing. We'll talk more about this in a second. It's like it's fun how bad it is. That's all I'm I good. watched that movie a lot as a kid. I watched it a lot. You loved it. I think I did. I did. Yeah. Did. I don't. I don't. Blame underlined. You. I did see that movie in theaters, but then didn't see it again until college. Oh God. And I had this weird, like, recovering memory situation as I was watching it. Like, I remember seeing it in theaters and like loving it and having a good time. Yes. And then I was watching it as like a, you know, 20 year old and being like, oh, no. What? What? Where is the plot? What is. What's happening? Um, Why the puns? <laughs> there's so many puns. Speaking Why of the ice speaking puns? of puns, there someone like someone should compiled every single pun that Mr. Freeze did in that movie and it's like a three minute compilation <laughs> oh i'll share that on instagram too it's so weird i mean to play devil's advocate here for a second i think it does that movie does feel like a comic book yeah not necessarily not- like batman comics you know what it felt like? It's like they took Adam West tone, mm. slapped Tim Burton's, some of Tim Burton's imagery in there. Because it, it is still a continuation of those movies. Right. These are all considered one after the other. Yeah. Um, and then $100 million of product placement. Yeah. Like five minutes. No, not even five minutes in. Like three minutes in mm-hmm. when Batman jumps in the Batmobile we already have product placement and then uh flash forward like halfway through the movie where they're at some big auction mm-hmm. he pulls out like his Ma- his american express card yeah. you're like that was is this sp- a commercial specific. what is I'm like what is happening what is happening batman just tried to pay for something with a credit card oh yeah but i mean there are a lot of people who even though it is considered perhaps the worst Batman movie ever. And George Clooney has said as much. Some And I believe Joel people, Schumacher has said some, as much. <laughs> some people still like it, and that's okay. So so this will blow your mind. So there were plans to obviously continue the series. Of course. Um and there was a a, a film in development with mm, Schumacher. Okay. Uh uh, what he self-described as a film that would have been darker and closer in tone uh, to the first two films of the series, the Tim Burtons. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tentatively called Batman Unchained. Oh, okay. Which is a, a full comic arc. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. It has the Scarecrow as the main villain. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Nicholson was supposed to return as the Joker in a hallucination oh. of some kind. You know, oh, the, sure, the fear sure. serum mm-hmm. that the... 
Scarecrow uh, uses. Mm-hmm. It was also it was going to have the Scarecrow, and then Harley Quinn was going to be in this film, but she was going to be portrayed as the Joker's daughter. Okay, and not not girlfriend. Interesting. Did they have? Was there any like casting leak? Yes. For that. Okay. Yes. So it was. It was. Have? It was George Clooney, okay. Chris O'Donnell, and Alicia Silverstone back as uh, Batwoman. Uh huh. Um, or Batgirl and uh, Schumacher. And this is. Uh, I don't know. This is rumored. Okay. He had uh, offered the role of Scarecrow to Nicolas Cage. Oh, wow. And he was originally supposed to be a cameo in Batman and Robin to then set up his appearance in this film. I mean, I guess time when this movie came out in 97, that tracks... But um, oh my gosh, can you imagine a world in which we but, had Nicholas Cage but, and Scarecrow? But um, they they he did allegedly go on to actually like offer somebody to play Scarecrow. Okay. And uh, it was the musician Coolio. What? Why? And, and I there's a uh, this is from 2017. There's a Hollywood Reporter article where they talked to Coolio uh-huh. about this, and and Coolio is in is in he has a cameo in Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly, and I forgot. <laughs> he uh, he said he and uh, Joel Schumacher uh, didn't get along great, mm, okay. and the only reason I did is because they promised me the villain part in the following Batman. Wow. So we we lived in a world where not only was Nick Cage courted to play Scarecrow, it was eventually going to go to Coolio. That's insane. Were there any rumors of who Harley Quinn was going to be? Or who they were like looking at? I don't I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Uh and th- th- then there was talk that uh Schumacher was like super interested in doing a year one thing. Mm. Uh they they pitched Apparently, they pitched it to Warner Brothers to do a, a year one adaptation. Mm-hmm. And then there was another. He he pitched another script. Uh, uh, I believe it was a, a guy named Stephen Weiss. He uh, he penned a script called Batman, Batman Dark Knight. Uh, and it's spelled D-A-R capital K-N-I-G-H-T, which fine. Uh, but it was largely inspired by uh, Dark Knight Returns. And Got has, it. which famously has Bruce Wayne giving up his career, mm-hmm. and um, another one scrapped. And then ori- originally, the studio was like, "What if we made a live-action version of Batman Beyond?" Oh, okay. Which was an animated series. Yes. Uh, if you're not familiar, that came yeah, came that after was, uh, Batman ninety nine to two thousand one. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I I have fond memories of watching that when I'd come home from basketball games on saturday mornings yeah we had um kevin conroy one saturday morning i loved one saturday morning that's what it was on um yeah kevin conroy back in um bruce wayne so yeah and he was uh he plays like 80 year old batman Mm -hmm. like 80 year old bruce wayne and he mentors this young this young kid and like this is like 2040 or whatever in neo-gotham and um 
very interesting series. And actually, that is a, a series not only I wish they would bring back, but I wish I wish for that adaptation of Batman. Yeah, that'd be cool. We haven't, um, live action, haven't seen anything like that. That would be pretty, pretty neat. HBO. Um, that could be an HBO series. Totally. Totally. They've gone all in on the DC they stuff. They certainly have. Um, oh, I remember what the product placement was. I couldn't for the life of me remember at the beginning of, of Batman and Robin. It was OnStar. Oh, OnStar. He calls, yes, he calls, he calls Commissioner Gordon with OnStar. That's right. <laughs> Whoa, old tech alert. <laughs> he Blasey. presses OnStar in the Batmobile. Oh, no. There's Commissioner Gordon. Oh, no. Uh, there was supposed to be a, a, a Robin spinoff as well with Chris O'Donnell. Sure. It was canceled because, uh, it, because obviously. Because, no. Um. <laughs> wow. But uh, but then there was, and this this will get into territory that kind of strays away from Batman, but uh, uh, there was supposed to be a Batman versus Superman as far back as 1999. Alan Horn had talked about... Uh, about getting those two together, they were supposed to be a Superman in the uh, in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually, the Tim Burton Batman canon was that was going to link up with Superman, and so that there there were attempts, and I think that's why it's so impressive what Marvel has done is because nobody could figure out how to do something like this. Well, yeah, because it's insane. It's insane. and it requires just complete buy-in across mm-hmm. all levels um but uh they mentioned a uh a batman versus superman um i mean get this uh christian bale was uh approached to play batman mm-hmm. and josh hartnett josh hartnett was offered the role superman? of superman yeah i mean Nuts. late 90s yeah. yeah pearl harbor man whoa whoa so i kind of want to see that though Go back in time. The multiverse. Flash, the multiverse. Flash, run back, and let's make that movie. <laughs> but then we get to, in my opinion, the golden the golden age of Batman. Batman Begins. Yep. Christopher Nolan. Oh, I saw this movie in theaters <sighs> seven or eight times. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. As we've said, Christian Bale is Batman, and uh, you get uh, Liam Neeson as Raja Ghoul, mm-hmm. the the uh, League of Shadows, and and what is so interesting about the Nolan trilogy, and we've mentioned this is the is the fact that it's not as far fetched as you'd think. Mm-hmm. The 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 world this Batman inhabits is very close to post 9-11 America. Yeah. And I was reading an interview way back when that Christopher Nolan did uh, in the run-up to, to Dark Knight in 2008, where he, he discussed the Joker being uh, a very interesting stand-in for terrorism and... Mm. Al Qaeda and just things that that truly spooked us during during yeah. that decade and and uh, the overreach that is possible when trying to defend against 
threats like that. And it's borne out in that movie. You'll remember Lucius Fox, who uh, is is basically uh, uh, Batman's quartermaster yeah, or yeah. whoever. He supplies all the tech. And uh, Bruce has built a machine that will triangulate signals from people's cell phones and computers and basically create a, create a map of Gotham so he can track the Joker. And Lucius Fox tells him, I will not, I'll help you this one time, but I am, I am out. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And it was just a very interesting portrayal and metaphor for the ideal, the idea of surveillance and the, the, the the Patriot Act and, Mm -hmm. and being able to listen in on people's phone calls and, uh, and 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 then going a step further, how do you deal with people who have already decided uh, they don't care if they live or die? Yeah, that they literally just want to watch the world burn, as Alfred says. Uh, and and that's the first time uh, that I can remember where a Batman villain just says, you know, if he was to be asked point blank, "Why are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. He says something to the effect of, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I don't know what I'm going to do if I catch one. It's just, I just, I just, I just do, do things. It. Yeah. And that's horrifying. And it's it's unsatisfying to people, but that's the reality is yeah. sometimes you just can't explain it. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you moralize and how do you... Uh, yeah, how, how do you uh, respond to that? And especially if you've if you've created the rule that you're not going to take take a life here. Mm-hmm. So th- these movies were revolutionary, and yeah, uh, and I think they do resonate because we do see it. it they do reflect the fears of our day to day life. Bane, I know some of the criticism for um, Dark Knight Rises was, well, this kind of felt like an apocalypse movie, and it, it just mm-hmm. went like a step too far from. Nolan's imagery and Christopher Christopher Nolan said no it didn't because this was around the time of when like um, both here at home where you had protests like really great like the real big populist movement growing and then overseas you had the Arab Spring and just all, all across the, the world there's this this uh, this uh, rise in anarchy and and for someone to take advantage of that is a very real, I mean, open a history book. Like it uh, yeah. happens quite frequently, actually. Uh, yeah, right now. I mean, turn on the news. Yeah, we're, and, we're living, we're living it. And, right and, and tell me somebody like Bain couldn't exist. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, and I said this to my friends when I saw that movie, when I walked out, because uh, all of the talk was about how, Tom Hardy as Bane would follow up, uh, would follow up the Joker, and and there's no way that movie could could hold up to Dark Knight. I came out of that movie more spooked, I think, than Dark Knight. I yeah, appreciated I, I think the performances so yeah. maybe in more Dark Knight, but Dark Knight Rises was scary. It was scary. Yeah. Uh. But but Nolan managed to make three movies, I would argue that are of three different genres entirely, mm-hmm. with one one through line. The first one being the obvious the the origin film, a bit more of a detective film, kind of a coming of call it coming of age. Sure. Um, Dark Knight was a mob 
was a mob movie. I mean, that was the God. It was the Godfather mm-hmm. and the Departed, maybe in the same. Yeah, scary, movie. scary city crime, right? Stuff, mm-hmm. psychological, uh, and then Dark Knight Rises was an absolute disaster movie. Like it was mm-hmm. a, you could call it apocalyptic. I mean, it's yeah, for sure. And the fact that they can all coexist and that Christian Bale's uh, turn as Batman. Uh, that that whole arc is absolutely stunning, and and uh, I was a big fan of Gary Oldman as Gordon, I mean, the best Gordon we've ever oh, had. I think the best. Um, I mean, the fact that Michael Caine, like, sorry, Michael Caine. Oh I'm my sorry. god, Michael Caine is Alfred. What? 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 I mean, Alfred got to be a main character because it was because Michael, it was Michael Caine. Caine. Yeah, it's um, that those movies are amazing. They still hold up. Yes. Um if you've not ever seen those, I would recommend watching those before we go into this uh new Batman movie. Yeah, I think I definitely think tonally the, the, the Matt Raves film will be a bit closer to yeah, it, I mean, at, le- at least that's Nolan. what it feels like from the trailers sure, yeah, sure and looks from like the it. footage that we've seen from the actors that they've put in these roles. It seems like that's the flavor of Batman that we're getting, yeah. um, which I'm excited about. Well, and 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 because we've talked about it too before, I'm not gonna to uh, to sit on this subject too long. But then we have the DC extended universe. Mm-hmm. Which kicked off with, with, uh, Man of Steel, the summer after Dark Knight Rises, and there was a lot of talk because Christopher Nolan was the executive producer on Man of Steel. There was questions whether his Batman's were going to, uh, based on the way Dark Knight Rises ended with yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt finding the Batcave, and it left left you on this note of what. Mm-hmm. There were questions whether Batman would coexist with Henry Cavill's Superman, and eventually, I think Nolan made the right decision upon kind of seeing what the plan was and said, "No, like that's that's, that's a, his own that's a world." Different thing. Mm-hmm. And I think he was wise to, to do that. But yeah. uh, the first time Batman shows up again in this expanded. DC Universe, which is a mirror of the MCU, was uh, Batman versus Superman with Ben Affleck. Um, and this was uh, Zack Snyder, who has come under great fire recently mm-hmm. for all sorts of stuff. But he's kind of, well, it's, it's not even, it's not Zack Snyder who's come under fire. It's more, um, uh, his counterpart who uh, uh Joss Whedon. Yeah. Correct. Who's also dipped his foot in Marvel and, and, uh, and yeah. made the um, first Avengers movie very quite successfully. Mm-hmm. Very which very talented person. Um maybe not so good of a person, but we won't uh, waste time mm-hmm. here on the um on the saga that that completely derailed Justice League. And then gave birth yeah. to Zack Snyder's realized version of it, but because uh, we're just talking Batman here, but uh, yeah, so we see we see very dark, uh, uh, a, a much more sadistic 
Batman in these films, um, which which there, there was kind of a disconnect, I think, between Ben Affleck's performances, Bruce, and then how unrelenting he was as Batman. And yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure. Gelled. I'm not sure if that was uh, the way it was written or directed or both or an interpretation on his end. Yeah. Not exactly sure, but something, yeah, just like you said, something didn't exactly add up there. Um, yeah, and and I, I know Ben Affleck was having issues in his own life, and then, and then he talked about how brutally unpleasant it was to, mm-hmm. to be playing that role. And, uh, and we, which is sad. Yeah, which is, you know, it... You never want to hear that. No. Um, but as we mentioned, he will be making his return in the Flash, uh, which will which will be a, a very interesting. Uh, I don't know if if he and Michael Keaton will interact. That'll be fascinating. But it, this is the question I have now that we're we're kind of near the end of the film portion of this. Is that so? Michael Keaton is playing obviously is playing the Batman from his time and mm-hmm. his universe mm-hmm. being the Tim Burton universe. Yep. Have we opened the door to to maybe go back down that route at some point? I mean, gosh, it's possible. I mean, the door is the door is open. If to... we're having a fifty, you know, in fifties to sixties Bruce Wayne, which actually I think Michael Keaton's even older than that. He just looks really good. I think yeah. I think he's I think I need to look it up now. He's older than I think he is. But um yeah, I mean are we going to get are we going to get some Batman stories when he's that age? Could be. Yeah, just just set in his 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 world with that that imagery and that that would be uh pretty interesting. I think. Yeah. Um I mean I certainly wouldn't be mad about it but uh we are living in the the age of nostalgic reboots or reimaginings have you well and 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 think about it uh so the flash is supposed to come out this year and uh we're gonna have three batmans in the same year mm-hmm. and all three of them exist in different realities so this matt reeves franchise uh and i do say franchise because so the batman will be the first of his creations but uh not exactly sure where talk- the, i know that there's talks of other things i don't know if it of will a be sequel on hbo and then, specifically um maybe they're going to give him a series i, I don't know but it, it, this is not yeah this is not a one-off or, or at least um, i know that it's they don't hope it's a, a one-off, you know? Well, and they've announced um, a TV series that Matt Reeves is executive producing, and it's going to be a Gotham City police drama oh, great. Set, set in his Gotham City. Uh, Did you watch Gotham? The... I, I, I never made I I know how it ends. I got I I missed some part in the middle. Okay. Because this was, this was on during college, I think. 2014 um, to 2019. Yeah. Okay, so right at the end of college, and then, uh, so for the most part, I did. Did you? I didn't. No, I haven't seen any of it. It's inter- It's uh, 
give some of it a watch. It's yeah. No, I'm definitely down. I'm I'm making my way through um the DC stuff um HBO and CW wise. So it's on my list. I I, I will watch it. I love. Um, it. I mean, the cast is great. That's a great, yes. that's a great freaking cast. Uh, but the, the spinoff series will be focused around the Gotham City Police Department, and uh, Colin Farrell will be playing the Penguin. In it as well, so he looks unrecognizable. By the way, I cannot believe that's him. Unbelievable. Yeah, super cool. Um, and I, I believe they said a couple of years ago that that Pattinson was signed on to do three movies. Mm. So, I mean, they, it they, wouldn't surprise me. They might as well run with him. Yeah, I think. Um, and then to further confuse people who are like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Then you have the standalone Joker film, Todd Phillips' Joker film, uh-huh. which came out a couple years uh, with Joaquin Phoenix as as Joker. But they've talked about doing a sequel to that, mm-hmm. which what world does that exist in? Who is Batman in that one? Does that end up connecting to Matt Reeves or is that its own thing? So like what DC has done, and I actually think it might it might be a good model going forward considering they've tried and kind of failed at matching the synergy of Marvel yeah, yeah. is just doing these these small little pockets. I think it's great. And I think it's great. It's less pressure. And then yes. you can just focus on making good movies. You don't have yes. to worry about this insane through through timeline thing. Yes. Which Marvel is its own special freak of nature in that way. And I don't it's not an easy thing to do. It's not no. it's not even a thing that I think, you know, 15 years ago if somebody had said someone is going to connect 20 plus and now we're getting into even further craziness, but yep. That many movies will be connected, not television yes. shows, not TV episodes. That many movies. Yes. There's nothing else like it. So, um, I changed my answer on my favorite Batman. Oh, okay. Kevin Conroy. All right. I support it's Kevin that. Conroy. I support that. It's the, vo- the voice, voice of Batman. Yeah, because, a- of as you stated, like he, uh, he was our Batman. Yeah, he was. And I'm thinking very, like, very specifically about. Uh, did you ever see the Mask of the Phantasm? Mm-hmm. The animated film. Yeah. Great animated movie. Uh, and then I mentioned Mr. Freeze. So there was uh, another, it was straight to, uh, straight to video mm-hmm. in 98 called Sub-Zero mm. uh, that pitted Batman against Mr. Freeze. And Mr. Freeze's actual story, I'm not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm talking about like this is the animated, yeah. Yeah. probably where he best exists, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh and it's it, the whole the whole tragedy of Mr. Freeze is his his wife is dying of he he has basically put her on life support. She's dying of some rare disease that he's been trying to save her from. And over the course of his experiments, he ends up effing himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's voiced by a guy named Michael Ansara. And I I think it's what he's one of the most beautifully tragic uh, figures in Batman. And and that there's this mutual respect between the two of them while while they are completely at odds and it 
it always ends with Batman saying, Victor, I'm going to do whatever I can for your wife. Mm. And you just got to stop the insanity. And uh, you, you get to see more compassionate Batman, which I... That's cool. Which I think we've missed a bit as as he becomes hardened. And uh, I think that's an aspect I, I hope we get to see a bit of. I, I suspect we might not see a ton of that in Matt Reeves's doesn't look super compassionate necessarily not more tortured than anything but yeah um he he's the best brooder brooder we know batman yes what a guy and then uh if 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 you are a fan of kevin conroy uh and then we haven't mentioned mark hamill as the joker oh my gosh which was which has basically been his in mark hamill's claim to fame since luke skywalker has been the being the voice of the joker Mm-hmm. Um, they are at odds uh, in the video game series Arkham. The the Arkham video games, if you're not familiar with those stories, I'm not going to recite the whole story to you now, but uh, it's some of the best Batman storytelling we've had, period. Um, and the music is amazing. Do you know who did the music for that? I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up because I need to um, credit them. The, the the whole production, the the script, the storytelling. Yeah, I've not ever played those games because, um, well, as Dino and Daniel know, I, I've um, for someone that li- likes pew pew stuff, I don't do extremely well with like violence and gore. Um, so I don't generally gravitate towards those type of um video games. But uh, da, 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 da. I need to know who wrote this. Uh, Martin Lancaster. Well done. Yes, we used uh, one of his themes for the little music montage that we put at the beginning of this episode. Yep. Uh, amazing. I, I, just exa- it does exactly what we were talking about. Yes. <laughs> you know creating something that feels like batman but is uh fresh and new and interesting and uh most of if not all of batman's arch nemeses show up in some in some way shape or form and the uh, interpretations of all of them they're 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 true to the characters but they're very different than than maybe you'd expect and it's it's i mean it's so terrific and thrilling how they're all incorporated and um, yeah, the narrative that's what I've heard both you and Daniel have said like the the overall narratives of these games is incredible. Yes. It takes a bit from it takes some of the Tim Burton uh imagery, takes some of the Nolan sensibility in terms of kind of what's going the anarchy, kind of what's what's going on and then uh and then has the voices of Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and really terrific that's so um, awesome but uh yeah we have a new batman movie on thursday um you're going on thursday going on thursday I'm, i can't go until i can't in. go until friday but i'll, I'll oh, be going on friday okay well I'll, I'll go radio silent um yeah. it's gonna be a long one folks i think it's like two hours 58 minutes or something like that yeah so uh oh. don't get the big gulp do not or you know be ready you sit on the sit on the aisle so you can run out and run back in really right. fast. But 
Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm really curious. I'm. I'm. I think that's the word. Curious. Yeah. I have cu- great curiosity for this Batman, and. Uh, may may it may this be like DC's like okay we're gonna lean on Batman going forward yeah because I think that's the that's the formula for them for sure but um well do you have any final thoughts on honestly, uh, the Cape Crusader I don't think that I do I I'm excited for this movie yep and the music. The music is awesome. I've I've listened to all the music so far. So that's if that if that alone is the best thing from it, I'm I'm good Seriously. honestly because it's beautiful and amazing. So, but I have high hopes, and yeah, can't wait to to unwrap all of that on our next episode. Any yeah. any final yeah, thoughts we'll get, we'll... Uh, for you today? No, I'm going to keep my predictions to myself because I don't have many of them, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and having been more a consumer of uh, visual Batman than mm-hmm. comic Batman, um, I know people have far better educated guesses than I do. So I, I'm kind of going in fairly blind. So I'm That's I'm fun, looking though. forward to That's fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't. We don't get to do that often. Yeah, the, the uh, plot yeah, line that they have, on, the plot that they have online for it is really very basic. So I, yeah, you know, it's just like you know, the Riddler is messing with Batman, <laughs> basically. Great, sign so, me up. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, thanks for making your way through all of this, uh, you know, Batman history and stuff. Hope you learned something or had a good time. I know I did. Uh, this is uh, Inside the Tauntaun, a podcast in the multiverse of fandom. I'm Alyssa Simmons. I'm Dean Anakin. <laughs> May the force be with you. Always. See you. Inside the Tauntaun podcast. Please like and subscribe.